Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and we are gearing up for the Longevity Now conference coming up, and we are going to be at the Anaheim Hilton, right next to Disneyland. That's where the event is. The Longevity Now conference is September 30th, which is a Friday through Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. So it's right on our doorstep right now. We're gearing up for what will be our best event of all time. We've got John Gray coming. You may remember him from Women Are From Venus, Men Are From Mars, Bim Hoff. He's the incredible, he's, I think, 20 world records. He's an incredible ice man. He does the cold plunges and the cold challenges. He's going to teach us a lot. At Dr. Alan Christensen's coming back. Dr. Pedram Shojai is going to be there. Well.org. Nadine Artemis, a favorite. Ron Teagarden. Jason Rebell is coming back. Chefing. I just got his book last night. But one of our favorites of all time throughout all the years is, of course, our guest today. And that's Dr. Mercola. You've probably heard more about Dr. Mercola than almost any other doctor over the last 20 years. His website, Mercola.com, is the most visited natural health site in the world. I think he's got nearly 2 million subscribers. So no further ado, welcome, Dr. Mercola. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dave. It was great to see you at the Chi Revolution in Daytona Beach, which is just in your backyard. Um, tell us about your, you, you know, you've been in this field for a long period of time. And one of the things I've seen in your in your work is that, it's it's always bringing it back to what people can do right in their own backyard immediately. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you've been doing is gardening. So I think you've finally gotten out of Chicago and you're in Florida for for good at this point. Yeah, I'm a Florida resident for a variety okay. of reasons, primarily health for all health related. Remember you were talking about reading on the beach. I thought that was a really amazing thing. Could you tell tell our group here real quick? I just I, we you mentioned that at the Chi Rev, and I really wanted you to, to mention that to the folks who are listening right now. How many books you read in a year? Um, I think it was last year, 2015. Yeah, so I live relatively close to the beach, just a short bike ride away. And I, I try to get out there most days and for about two hours or so. And for a number of reasons. One is you can get natural sun exposure, uh, which will help vitamin D. So I have not taken a vitamin D supplement in probably over six years. And I, my vitamin D levels are off the chart. But also just bright a natural light exposure is another powerful intervention. Then walking on the sand grounds you. But then if you're going to be you know, I'm a busy guy like you are, and it's quite a significant challenge to take two hours of your time to do that, even though it's for good health reasons. So I combine it with some business components, which I either use phone calls or last year is primarily books. This year is primarily studies. But I was able to read 150 books last year. Uh, just and my Kindle. It's real easy to download books or PDFs to your Kindle. So uh, there's some simple strategies to do it. You can look it up online, but it's a really powerful device. And with a Kindle, it's actually one of the few devices that actually is easier to read in bright sunlight than it is in dim sunlight. I just thought it was so fascinating that you have you're such a wealth of knowledge in the field of health in general. But it's because you are a student. You are a student of health, one of the one of the greatest mm-hmm. students in America. And reading 150 books in a year is hats off to you. It's difficult and it's amazing. And that's what we have to do. We have to kind of fold all these different approaches in on top of each other and do it all at once. So walking, yes, but why not be reading while you're walking mm-hmm. and be grounded and be getting your your vitamin D and, and all of the above. You have a whole person approach to to health that's evolved over over your whole career. For at least the last 20 years, a lot of evolving, and you, you've just become such an incredible wealth of information. Let's start out with the current situation that we're in, the man-made, human-made, artificial toxicity, where mm-hmm. that's going, and then what, what folks can do who are brand new, and they're just like, look, I need to tackle this. Well, where do I start? Let's, let's begin there. Well, sure. The uh, one of the biggest challenges is the is industrial agriculture because obviously uh, one of the most 
potent and effective ways to improve your health is by choosing the right types of foods. So I think very few people would, including conventional physicians, would disagree with the fact that you need to eat healthy food. So what is healthy food? I believe it's not processed, it's real food, but even within real food, there's a wide range of uh, specifics that make it important. I think first of all is to recognize it's non-GMO. In the last 20 years, we've had a, a, really a revolution in the use of uh, GMO um, varieties crops. of crops, which and the primary purpose of the uh, GMOs, of course, is to make them resistant to herbicides. Uh, so as a result of that, we've got Roundup being sprayed at the tune of like a billion tons and since it's been introduced. And that uh, has, you know, it's been pro- most of the conventional scientists and skeptics, you know, state pretty strongly that there's no never been shown to be any damage. But that's because it's an artifact of the way they, they do the testing, which is very limited. They do it for a short enough lifespan of the animal that it just does, doesn't, uh, it's not long enough to cause problems. It's sort of like evaluating the dangers of smoking and looking at a smoker for four weeks and see if that causes a problem. Well, probably not. So the same thing with GMOs. And we know that they are just devastating the health and we're in this massive experiment. So really, if you're not able to produce your own food, at least buying GMO-free or ideally organic GMO-free for, for your food. Now, I, I've been a particularly passionate about regenerative agriculture, and I have about a quarter acre of land where I live, and I've, it was almost full of all ornamentals, and that would be including lawn. So I've got rid of like 80% of that, including the lawn too, and put in 500,000 pounds of wood chips to, because I live close to the beach and it's like sand. So in, in, in about the times I've done that, I've got this incredibly dark, rich, full of humic acids, fertile soil that's full of earthworms and able to produce really nutrient-dense food. So uh, that's that's an ideal. Uh, many people listening to this are, don't have the space or the opportunity to do that, but you could do a community garden. And if, failing that, almost everyone listening to this could, could grow their own sprouts. And sprouts are really nutrient-dense food, maybe 30 times more nutrient-dense than, than regular vegetables. What are I like some sunflower. of your favorite sprouts, Dr. Mercola? What, yes, what sun, sunflower is the best. It's the one I have just about every day. Uh, you get the biggest bang for the buck. Normally, they're about $30 a pound if you purchase them in uh, a health food store. If you make them yourself, you can probably make it for well under a dollar, maybe 25 cents a pound. And it really only takes about a week. And it's great for the kids. The kids love to see something growing from a seed to something you could harvest and eat literally in one week. It's just it's just phenomenal. It's like a mini science experiment. So that's something everyone listening to this can do. And it would really be an improvement to your health. And, and it's relatively cheap. It's almost free. What would you say to just inspire people to really get their hands in the soil? What What is it? What is it that you think is the real touchstone thing that really causes people to say, okay, I'm doing this? Well, I guess personal motivation, if they have any health problems, and just recognizing that it's a uh, an important tool for getting healthy. And, and then starting small and experiment. As I said, the sunflower seed sprouts are the best. And once you put dip your toe in the water with that and you see it really isn't that hard, then you can really make the next step is to uh, build up good soil. Because you, you don't want to get discouraged and just go in your backyard, tear up some lawn and plant some seeds and and not grow into a good crop. Yeah, because you cannot produce good crops without good soil. I mean, that's just the sort of an imperative. So you can create soil for almost for, for, for free and wood chips is the way I do it. You say, well, wood chips are expensive. I'm not, not if you get them as a waste product from people, from local tree contractors who are cutting down trees and just chipping them up. And normally they have to pay to dispose of those. You know, if you call them up and call around, you usually be able to find them, maybe pay them $25 for, you know, 10, 15 yards, which is 
10, 15, 20,000 pounds of wood chips that you can easily put into uh, on your soil to start to create the process and then give it a little time to mature into compost. And you've got a magnificent piece of property or piece of soil that will help grow nutrient-dense food for you. Let's, let's talk about your history in dealing with the medical system, the Internet, the political mm-hmm. system. This is a big political year, as we're all, we're all aware. And mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen, where this is all going to go. What would you say to new people out there in terms of you know where to put their trust? Because the old system, at this point, people are just abandoning ship. They don't want the chemotherapy their grandma had or their mom had. They don't want to see the demise of themselves mm-hmm. the way they saw a family member. What's your recommendation now as to how people should really seek out their engagement with the system or without the system in regards to health? Well, I think independent of the political structure that one finds one engaged in, that ultimately the wisest strategy is, is to take responsibility for your own health, that everyone really should be their own physician and only consult with a physician as a coach to guide you through the processes that you just don't know and understand or maybe get specific diagnostic testing that you're unable to do. So uh, thankfully, you know, uh, the internet exists. I mean, there's lots of information. My site is full of it. It's been on there for nearly 20 years and you can just type in a health topic into our search engine and probably come up with hundreds if sometimes thousands of pages of information at no charge to figure you know how to uh, strategies that work for you and customize a program for yourself so that's the that's the key thing and you know not to really we stay away from politics because literally I this it's just not a good system I mean it's a necessary evil is the way I look at it <laughs> it's really, and, it's really uh, intense yeah. So, I mean, I personally rarely ever am involved with the medical system when I'm 62 years old. So, you know, don't take drugs and really don't interact with physicians, other physicians. So, uh, Last yeah. time I tell you, Dr. Mercola, you're looking good. You're fit. You're thin. You're, you got a nice smile on your face. You're just, you're, you're amazing. You've got a unique well, thank program. You. That you, you're welcome. Um, you've got a unique program that you've worked out for yourself and, you know, part mm-hmm. of, of being healthy, of course, is eating right, and we've been mm-hmm. hitting that point. What about the, the fitness systems that you work with, and, and what have you learned there that you can summarize for, especially our new people that are listening right now? Well, you know, I became fit, interested in fitness in 1968, which is literally almost 50 years ago now, uh, coming up on 50 years. And I was made the mistake that I think a lot of other people are making it focused on aerobics and just literally long distance running or the equivalents of that, like long distance biking or swimming. And those are decent exercises and they're certainly better than doing nothing, but it really is not the ideal. There's no doubt in my mind. And I made a lot of mistakes and wasted decades engaging those types of exercises. So what what I've learned since is that just simply moving is probably the most important part. And, you know, that if you're sitting at a desk all day, that's going to be highly counterproductive. Even if you're in these aerobic type exercises or or going to the gym for five, seven hours, 10 hours a week, if you're sitting down 12, 16 hours, it's going to be highly counterproductive and you're not going to be over over to to compensate for that excessive sitting. So just moving all day long, you know, not sitting down, using the stand-up desk or moving is the key. And, you know, there's these uh, fitness trackers that could help keep track of how frequently you're moving to give you specific reminders. But that's a simple, that's a simple thing. And there's high intensity exercises you can use. Strength training, I think everyone should consider engaging in some type of exercise on a regular basis. You know, but with that, you, you have to be a little more careful, really engage a personal trainer or someone knowledgeable to guide you through the process. Because it's easy to make mistakes when you're pushing weights. And if your form is not really ideal, you're going to get injured and then you're going to get frustrated. So, but I'm a big fan of strength training. 
but but again, exercise is only a small part of the totally health equation. It's only 20%. You can be very, very healthy without ever exercise, especially if you're moving all day long, like gardening. I mean, gardening is a movement. If you're, yep. if you're a housewife and you're, you're you're working moving around the house all day, you may not need an exercise program. You know, it's, it's the movement that is the key. Just moving all day long. That is that's what we're designed to do. You've been a pioneer in in developing concepts. For example, one that I thought was very interesting is we've all heard now that doctors are the third leading cause of death in America. Yes. That was your headline. You you created that. Like yes, and that was from that was. Ago. Well, it was 16 years ago. It was in July 2000 with a jam that came up with an article. I was reading the printed edition at that point, at that time. And I said, this, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I mean, I literally almost fell out of my chair. So, because uh, I looked at the, num- the, the data and the article, and I figured out that, gosh, doctors are the third leading cause of death. I didn't say it in the study. But the, the, interestingly, and what I didn't share at uh, Qigong is that the author of this study was Barbara Starfield, who was an MD, PhD out of Stanford. And, uh, just a, had enormous respect for that woman. Just for I couldn't believe it was published in JAMA. So the irony of this is that literally two years ago, fourteen years after she published the study, she was a victim of this of what she was writing about. She died of a doctor caused disease. She, she was put on Plavix, she, an anticoagulant, and literally died of a stroke because of it. So I mean, the the, the medical system is is not after you specifically. They they kill their own. I mean, it's not an intentional, it's an artifact of a flawed understanding of health and, and, and ideal normal human physiology. Yeah, well said, well said. Now, you've you brought out you know, that amazing headline, which has literally altered all yeah. of our understanding of the medical industry. You brought out headlines like sitting is the new smoking. You know, you were just mentioning mm-hmm. about how terrible it is to be sitting all day, even if you get your hour of exercise in. Let's get into some simple things like that, like those little things we have in our mind in terms of food. You've done so much writing about food over all the years. What are some Mm -hmm. of the foods that have stuck out for you that you're like, wow, this is really something special, and that have changed your life and your approach because you found out that there there were so many benefits? Well, there's a a number of different ways I can do it. I just want to finish up on the the doctors being a third leading cause of death. I wrote that headline 16 years ago, but just this month, earlier this month in May of 2016, the British Medical Journal had a study just documenting the same headline I had 16 years ago, that that the third leading cause of death is medical error. 700 deaths every day in the United States alone. So just cleaning up. Yeah, it's just so you've got to be the end result of that. Take control of your own health. Be your own doctor. So with respect yeah. to foods, uh, you know, we could spend hours really talking about that. And there are so many good ones. I love I love sunflower seeds, sprouts. I think that's one of my key. I love avocados. Uh, basically, rather than focus on foods, I think it's food groups, you know, macronutrient groups. And what I've learned is that our body requires fuel to 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 generate energy, typically in the mitochondria, ATPs. And there's there's two primary fuels you can use: sugar or fat. And when you burn sugar as your primary fuel, as almost everyone listening to this does, then you generate far more free radicals and damage to really important biological cellular tissues. When you burn fat as your primary fuel, you radically minimize that. So my new appreciation is that focusing on highest quality sources of fat, avocados would be one. It's really one of my favorites. I have two or three a day. So coconut oil, uh, fish, but really small fish because anything bigger than a sardine or an anchovy typically will be loaded with toxins, unfortunately, a tragic artifact of living in the industrial age. And nuts, macadamias, pecans, uh, cocoa butter, raw cocoa butter is another really good one. Regular butter itself has some, that's really one of the best sources of vitamin A, real vitamin A, not beta carotene that you see in vegetables. And a lot of other 
vitamin-rich nutrients. So those are, you know, I focus on the healthy fats and then the, the highest nutrient-dense foods you can get. So, and you can also get from seeds. My, some of my favorite seeds are pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, black sesame seeds, black cumin seeds, which are sort of two seeds that most people aren't aware of, but they're really potent sources of good uh, nutrients. So I think, I think th- those are the, uh, the, the primary ones. It's really amazing, you know, when you said like black sesame seeds, black cumin seeds, or cumin. black seed yeah. oil, or cumin, yeah. And this mm-hmm. whole thing on black and jing and you know, the essence is more prevalent in black foods. Is that something over the years that you picked up from the longevity conference? Because we kind of hit those, those subjects kind of repeatedly, some of the different important colors that can be in our food, how important they are. Yeah, there's no, no question. I've heard energies. you. Absolutely. You know, those are, those are going back in my mind and, you know, this sort of categorize them in their general nutritional principles. But as I started digging into the highest quality sources of seeds uh, of oils, then I realized part of that. But, you, you know, most of the time people are getting their oils from processed oils, refined vegetables are full of omega-6 uh, or heated, which create toxic aldehydes and trans fats. So, you know, the, the cleanest, most ideal source of your oils is from real foods and especially seeds which are incredibly nutrient dense and, and black sesame and black cumin are one of the best i think the black that is there due is due to uh, melanin if i'm not mistaken and which is unusual diff, diff challenging to get in in the diet absolutely um, best sources being usually mushrooms as a matter of fact for melanin content oh it's melanin was not aware of that yeah, um, the mushroom, especially the the polypores, like chaga mushroom, gets its coloring from melanin. Let's 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 see if we can give you give our folks here, our listeners, a little bit of a sneak peek as to what you're going to be sharing at the upcoming Longevity Now conference. You've always brought hmm? such amazing information, and you, you're an incredible presenter. Maybe a little teaser as to what's coming up. Oh, sure. This is <clears throat> literally there's 1,600 people that will die today from cancer in the United States alone. 20,000 people of the world. I mean, it's worldwide every day. It's it's literally a massive emergency, and that number is increasing. Cancer is the number two cause of death. Cardiovascular being number one. But interestingly, the same strategies that one can prevent or treat the vast majority of cancers are ones that you can treat the other common diseases like cancer and diabetes and obesity. It's really the same component. And it all goes back to what I was mentioning earlier is developing a strategy to teach your body to help it remember how to burn fat as your primary fuel. It's a simple concept, but there's a lot of specific details that go into that and important understandings to really motivate and inspire and give you yourself the commitment. Typically, when we're working with patients who are dying from cancer, they're they're usually very committed and willing to engage in these types of things. But, you know, why, we shouldn't have to wait until we're dying of a terminal illness to, to engage in these behaviors. So, you know, I'm really going to review the simple strategies that you can do to reap these benefits before you encounter a disastrous disease. Fantastic. Dr. Mercola, thanks so much for joining us. Dr. Mercola will be with us at the Longevity Now Conference, www.thelongevitynowconference.com. You can find all of Dr. Mercola's incredible litany of information at Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A dot com, Mercola dot com. We're going to be also joined by John Gray, Wim Hof, Dr. Alan Christensen, Dr. Pedram Shojai, and many of our other favorite speakers at this conference, which is coming up soon, September 30th through, and that's going to be a Friday, through Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. That's at the Anaheim Hilton in Orange County, California, near Los Angeles. We'll see you there. I know I speak for both Dr. Mercola and I when I say we're wishing you the best day ever. Thanks for joining us.